Holy shit, we are back. Holy shit is right. I cannot believe we're back. I mean, we only took, what, a day or two off? Yeah, give or take a few months. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Uh, what's up, fuckers? This is the Turn the Buckle podcast with half of your hosts here tonight. I think so. Yeah, half. I am Jason Hampton. Josh Cox. Uh, ben Thrasher, a little under the weather. He, uh... The text I got earlier today is, I'm in bed and feel like ass. That's so And if you've seen Ben's ass... Pretty rough. He's feeling large and rough. And Will is... Tied up in the dungeon again. Tied up in the dungeon again. So, we won't go into that anymore, but... uh, We are not alone. We are not. Tell me who's this, Jason. Well, we have the wolves. We have a couple tigers now. Yeah, I was really excited about the tigers. Uh, the wife's sitting in the corner. She might say something. She might not. She just looked at me like she's about to punch me in the penis, so I'm going to leave her alone for a minute. And, uh, we have a, I would say special guest, but... Special. Hey, she said something, but she couldn't hear it. It didn't show up. You're going to have to talk louder if you're going to say something. No, we do have a special guest with us tonight. Uh, John Williams, Spitfire, Sean Fire, uh, my ex-flaming homosexual lover that one time in the tag team. <laughs> you and your gay tag teams. We only had three of them. That we know of. Yeah. Carry the He's counting. One. Okay, yeah, something like that. Uh, John, what's up, man? Another day in paradise. How's it been going, man? Well, you say another day in paradise like it's, you know, normal or something. It's What is normal nowadays? Ain't that, ain't that the damn truth. Well, you're a little more used to the normal because you wore a mask to wrestle in for so long. So the mask now is nothing for you, right? Or is it? That is correct. That is correct. Um, you know, being the luchador that I am from Canada, you know, a mask is very common these days. Yes, Josh, you heard that right. A Canadian luchador. Hey. Hey, I'm... I'm, From Houston. From Houston. Oh, okay. Houston, Canada. Houston, Canada, okay. It's very, uh, very, uh, very nice. Yes. Break up the Houston. You didn't know Canada stretched that far south. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, It's all the way down, you know. It's all North America. Except the part that got the wall. Ain't nobody gonna pay for that wall. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into that because I guess we're going through impeachment now. Um, I like the Peach Pit. That was a good place in nine hundred two one zero. But I did not have relations with that woman. That Different is- president. Oh, wrong yeah. one. Yeah. I do like I've, peaches though. Yeah. I've been reminded all night I'm old, so you know my memory kind of. Yeah, I mean once you get as old. Well, I mean, just to put it out there, you are older than the oldest co-host right. that we have on the show. And you've said a little. Under, I don't think I've ever heard little and Ben put together in the same sentence. <laughs> well, I've heard him say he's going to be a little bit late, and then three hours later he shows up. Well, that's little to Ben. Is yeah, there... Ben and Little just don't go together. <laughs> I've seen Ben in the locker room. <sighs> I think we've all seen Ben in the locker room. <laughs> I'm talking about a stomach, With his Josh. shirt off, Josh. <laughs> Josh. 
Where's Will? You and Will, I understand why y'all get along so well together now. That's why Will always comes after Cox. Yeah, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, I can always, yeah. <laughs> all right, so Jason, tell me what the hell's been going on with us. Well, before we go into all that, we'll uh, take a little break right here, throw the commercial in. We still want to get paid those two or three pennies that Anchor throws at us Hell, for the it podcast. Might be, so. We might be on them some money since we haven't recorded in a I bit. think so. <laughs> yeah, I owe you. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll be right back. Hit the pause button right here, and we'll talk to you in just a second. Okay, and we're back from that short commercial break thing, whatever it is you want to call it. Yeah, we didn't leave for two months again this time. We're, we're really back, guys. <laughs> that would have been bad to be, you know, put out a four-minute episode, and then a few months later, hey, here's the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be some shit we would do. That is something that we would do. Uh, all right, before we took that little break, Josh made a good point. We probably need to say what we've been up to these past few months. Uh, shit. Yeah, shit. I mean, pretty much. Well, you know, there's... The last episode we recorded was around October, then, you know, holidays came, and then, you know, this pandemic, all of us have just been working a lot, so, I mean, Well, life. I mean, honestly, we, uh, we did that episode, uh, we put it out there, we're supposed to have the wrestling show that went along with it that Saturday night, uh, we wound up... Which actually had a lot of COVID. Yeah, that's true, there was a lot of COVID around that show, but it was also, uh... Very fucking cold, I think is the technical term. Yeah, that's very, very technical. Uh, it was an outside show. There were going to be no heaters for the family. Uh, still not 100% sure if the kids were going to be able to go. So we just kind of noped out on that one. Uh, we're going to record a podcast the following week, and then more COVID scares. Uh one co-host said he might have been exposed, so we wind up putting that episode off, and then that, we'll try to record it next week, turned into the next week, yeah, we'll try to get something, then it turned into, shit, Thanksgiving's already passed, and then, Christmas. well, Christmas is coming, and then here's New Year's, and now here we are. Yeah. So, just life in general has happened you know, we've talked about it on the podcast a lot what we have to deal with, you know, family and parents, being parents, you know, work. So, but we try to get you to, we'll try to get back to y'all. We're going to try to keep recording every week from now on if we can, guys. So we appreciate y'all sticking with us. So how about you, John? What have you been up to? 510, 220. I say again, 220. Okay, 223. I... That seems a little closer. Not much, but we'll we'll go with that. Just <laughs> a lot of work, man. You know? Do we need to do an official weigh-in on the Turn the Buckle podcast? I, That's more of a visual thing right there. Well, we can we can be the descriptive people that we are. I, I have the joy of getting to uh, see one-fourth of the crew uh, daily. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, so, semi-daily know. at least. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, other than that, you know, we just... Uh, that's about it. Same thing, just family. Staying busy with them. Got one that plays softball and likes to uh, hurt herself and needs to stay in a bubble somewhere. But Oh, Lord. Yeah, softball takes up a lot of time whenever it gets down to it. 
And I know I talked to you the other day on the phone and you were saying that there was like a, what, a training facility that was built for them and everything? Yeah, and, yeah. So she, we just moved to Dade County last year and uh, she played over summer. was her first year back in softball in a couple of years. She took a couple of years off, played volleyball. And uh, then she decided to go back to softball, and that team, majority of that team played on the middle school, and they kept them together and decided to do a select team, and they built them a nice big facility for indoor practices and bad weather, and so it's pretty neat. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome that, uh, you know, whenever the community or people in the community put together and help out kids and stuff like that. Yeah, always like it's a couple of the parents on the team. They have a company there in Trenton called Red Fox. They service a lot of the gas stations and things. And they said, you know, we want to do something for these girls. So that's what they did. It's always good when you can get back to your community and see. Oh, yeah. See it. See it so you said Red Fox came together and got you the facility, right? Mm-hmm. So do you have a big sign over the door that says Fred, Sanf- Fred Sanford's Community Softball Association? Yeah. And I have a heart attack every time I, you know, they send out a message that we need <laughs> X amount of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I know if people are listening to this, they really don't want to hear about softball. Probably not. Uh, probably don't want to hear about any other balls either. But depending on what our viewers or our listeners' taste is. You know, we got Will. I was about to say, <laughs> if it was Will, you know, he... I, don't you know, know, I bet he would have enjoyed our... That, that was probably... That match was uh, just between our tag match. It was in Dalton that we did that gimmick. That was, yeah, that... I, like I said in the intro, John and I were once uh, a loving couple... Gay tag team partner duo, however you want to put it. Finally, get what your tag team name was. Uh, we honestly, it, it was, was a, a one time. time. It was oh. a one off, so we didn't even really have a team name or anything. Going back now, if you could name your tag team, what would you have named your tag team? Uh well, that's a good question. I uh, well, I, you know, I always had fire in my name, so something to do with uh, being flamers. It would be real easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, flaming... Fire in the hole? I I mean, it would have made sense. He went by Sean Fire, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, one time, what was it? DCW it was at? Uh, it was right... Uh, what was it? Off the bypass down there. Uh, Blaze, Johnny Blaze show. Yeah, I know... Uh, uh, it was a was it close southeast Whitfield High School? I think. Yeah, it was down there. I think that was DCW Dixie Dixie Championship. I only something. went that one time. I think no, I did one other show there. Well, that's the was, one Tommy Gage was calling shots that night, yeah. and he, uh, him, and whoever he was tagging with, wound up working me and you that night. I did a afternoon show after the Prince. I did an afternoon show there also, and, the Johnny Blaze tribute or right, whatever. Yeah. I don't know, Ben, you know, right yeah. after the Prince did the, used a bat down uh, south and heard a ding. But that was, <laughs> and it wasn't from the uh, bat hitting the uh, 
ground. Ooh. That sounds rough. It was. What it hit? The Prince. <laughs> Prince Albert. In just in case you was wondering. Yeah, I got it. A piercing, Josh. A piercing. Below the belt. I, I got it. I got it. Who has a Prince Albert? Nobody. Nobody sitting here has one. <laughs> Anymore. Well, okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, that tag team that we had, it was just a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, came out to the, what was it, Adam Lambert song? We came out tangoing yeah. with each other. Mm-hmm. You said this was our coming out party? And- yeah, I grabbed a microphone, said it's our coming out party. I said, I'm Jason Hampton. This is this, what, sexy hunk of man something however i put it so we were from the ranch in west hollywood california blah 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 you know we go through went did the match left had some alcohol and never (laughs) y'all guys wrestling trips and alcohol no 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 we had some alcohol and then never went back to the show again i probably sounds about right there was probably alcohol involved during the show as well not just after the show before, during, after, after, in between. Not that uh, I ever did that, though. I mean, who would? That's bad. We're responsible I, wrestlers. Right. I, I never yeah. learned anything about Mountain Dews from Chuck. <laughs> have you heard the Mountain Dew, Chucky Chuck Mountain Dew story? I don't think I have. Chucky Chuck would get a 20-ounce Mountain Dew. Okay. A.K.A. something similar to this. Oh, okay. Okay. Very nice. And he would drink it down to... Just below the label. Or, and when I say just below the label, I mean... Or pour it out. I mean I under the label. Yeah. Not to where you would drink down just the top where it's at the top of the label. He would drink it down to where it was under the label. Okay. And then refill it with Yukon Jack. Well, all right then. If you've never had Yukon Jack, you could start a car with it. With it. That's some Drew Game gasoline. It was... Uh, rough isn't the right word for that one. It was, just thinking about it gives me cirrhosis of the liver right now. (laughs) That's what it is. I mean, straight up. My goodness. Of course, I always preferred something cinnamon, uh, Goldschlager. I've never had Goldschlager. Oh, Goldschlager, hot damn. Something to that nature. Yeah. One of those cinnamon schnapps type drinks. I got you. Especially at the original UEW, you could get whatever you wanted and mix it with a slush puppy. Because we had a slush puppy machine at the original UEW. Hell yes. So you would have your slush puppy and drink it down about halfway. And somebody would come along and refill it with something that wasn't a slush puppy. And what's funny Such about a nice surprise. slush puppy is, evidently Big Dog still thought I worked for slush puppy. So at the funeral <laughs> home, hey man, you uh, still doing them slush puppies? <laughs> oh, Doug, I hadn't done that in about 20 years. Well, that's about how long Doug was in jail the last time. <laughs> no, Doug, I'm sure you're not listening to this, but just in case, we do love you, buddy. We do. But, uh, all right, let's go way, 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 way fucking back. When you weren't even a uh, spit in your father's eye yet. Okay, we ain't going to go that fucking far. 
And I can't remember that part. <laughs> God, okay. I'm old. We, uh, I know you've listened to this. We go into a little bit of retrospective about everything. So just get right into it. What got you into wrestling? Uh, been a fan of wrestling, you know, my whole entire life. Always watched it as a kid growing up. Always had the... Uh... So what was it like seeing Gorgeous George live? <laughs> <laughs> The original, not the WCW. <laughs> Don't think quite that old yet. But, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it was uh, something that always intrigued me. I always into sports my whole life growing up. So, never knew how to really get into it. Um, I got to, uh, back, I grew up in Ringgold and, uh, First show I ever went and seen live was at the American Legion Hall, right behind the ring old city swimming pool. Okay. It was the American Legion Hall then. Uh, it's not anymore. But Paul Lee ran a show there. Woo! Woo! Of course, I didn't know him as uh, that back then. But, you know, it was uh, just in, interesting to me. It really caught my eye. And then, I guess when I was in high school, he was running over there to across from the old chili dog and, yeah uh went over there all the time and that just really intrigued me and then as i got older uh come to find out my ex-wife was married to terry pollard topper and so i know you're very familiar with terry pollard. i know terry pollard <laughs> he took my money for a while <laughs> i won't tell you he didn't take mine <laughs> But I guess it's the purpose of being family. Right. And which um, I didn't train with him as long as you did, but uh, that's how I got started into uh, wrestling was, you know, he was just moved over to UEW there on Max Smith Road. He had just moved his whole karate studio into oh, yeah. the wrestling building there. Trust me, I know all about that. But you was over, was you on Ringgold Road, right? No, I started, uh, when I started training through Terry, it was at his karate studio that was uh, right off of South Terrace, right there, right in front of the funeral home. Okay. In that little strip, office buildings. Mm -hmm. He had his karate studio there and didn't even have a ring set up. He had a ring, quote unquote, built in. It was about six inches high is all it was. It was... Uh, the boards laid down with the mats on top of it. So it had the spring, like when you take a bump, it would kind of right. feel because it had the boards under there that would bounce with you and everything. I guess I got pretty lucky and fortunate then that because he had moved his, him and uh, Eddie had had that partnership and they shared the building mm -hmm. that, you know, I had a wrestling ring uh, that I was right. able to train in. Well, see, when they moved it over there, I had only been training. I had two, maybe three training sessions before he actually moved to the building. Mm -hmm. So my third, third or fourth session before he actually shut that studio down was on those thin-ass karate mats on the concrete. Mm -hmm. My whole training session, you know, bump, get up, bump, get up, bump, right. take this clothesline. That was all on that. Wow. Before it moved over so i trained for about a month two weeks a month i don't remember if he did one or two i know i had four sessions in that building 
And uh, the last one was straight concrete karate pads, and it sucked. But then we moved over into the UEW building right after that. Yeah, I don't know how long he had been in the UEW building when I guess I started training over there. I know uh, Jason Phoenix or whatever he was going by. Right. J.P. Magnum, I think, when he left wrestling, what he was going by. But That's what he was going by the last time yeah. I saw him. But, yeah, Jason Phoenix. He was training was there. there at the time. He was finishing up training as I was yeah. starting to come in. And uh can't remember who else was training at the time. But that was kind of the time frame I was coming in. And uh, I had a So this was back in... Oh, Late 2000, early 01? Yeah, we'll go with that. Probably 01, uh, 02. Well, I know... Anyway, yeah, let's see. I did the kidney transplant in 03. So, yeah, it was probably 01. Because well, I know I trained... I started training a month after I turned 17. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2000. Okay. And my first match... After I'd left UEW training and went to GXW and trained, my first match was in March of 01. And then whenever I left GXW and went to UEW, mm-hmm. my first match there, I tagged with Andrew Alexander against the House of Fire. I'm sorry. Horrible. Er, Horrible. Yeah, they were chit. Yeah. <laughs> House of Fire was him and his tag team partner at the time, Chip Martinez. It's a great tag team name, though. It was, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, came up with that name just by uh, heard somebody say what they come in like a house of fire I was like huh he Chip was Hispanic kind of and thought about Casa de la Fire or something but you know house of fire sounded better those were in East stretch. but uh, yeah if you would have went Casa de la Fire somebody would have looked at you and said huh speak American probably but, uh, so yeah, went through there. Uh, that's where I trained at. I didn't train with Terry very long at all. Probably three most sessions. And Jay Farley was there a lot on our training nights. Him and uh, Leroy Lewis, Rex, um, all the Saudi boys were there a lot. Uh, Drew... Rush, you know, every, a lot of the original UEW guys that I right. know. And Farley called me to the side one night and said, hey, man, I see some potential in you. Let's get you away from him and get you with somebody that can really train you. Right. And so I worked with him just sporadically, but I give all the credit of my training to Rawhead Rex. He uh, really is the one that went in depth in my training with me and fine-tuned everything. Right, and that's a damn good person to say, hey, he trained me. Yeah, yeah, and we talked, uh, ran into him at the uh, funeral home as well, and we kind of talked about that a little bit, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed Rex, and you know, you knew exactly where you stood with Rex. There yeah, was... if Rex didn't like you, you knew it. Oh, yeah, yeah, there ain't no doubt about that. I've seen the, that side of him not with me personally, but, you know, if you cross him the wrong way or, you know, he was very much about respect. Yeah. 
And uh, so if you disrespected him, the business, or, you know, anything about that, you knew about it. No, there's no doubt about that one. He wouldn't wouldn't shy away at all of being like, hey, fuck you, you need to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he was big kayfabe, too, boy. I tell you, you know, he believed that the babies needed to stay away from the babies. and the, I mean, the babies stay away from the hills and the hills away from the babies and not be seen out. And, you know, I still believe it should be that way. Yeah, but if you could get him away and get him to go out, you could have a good time with him. Right. Uh, he didn't go out very often, but there was that, what, once or twice he yeah. come out with all of us and ate. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember some of those nights. Well, that was before we started drinking. <laughs> yeah, that was always, a, I think, oh, man, it was him and Chuck that, had the bet to see who could get the preacher drunk first. Yeah. And all it took was, hey, hold this. Probably so. It wasn't even here, drink this. It was just, hey, hold this for me. And they would go away and they would come back and it would be empty. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that one night of, I can't tell you how many shots of Jaeger. Toe. They kept bringing them, and so they kept disappearing. That's all I remember about that. <laughs> I don't know where they went. Uh, that's all I'm saying. They just disappeared. And whatever else happened to hit my hand just magically disappeared. Whether it be the shot of Jaeger, the beer, the Well, the beer is drink. a different story because <laughs> I... I don't drink beer, never did drink beer. I can't stand the taste or smell of beer. So, uh, but there was one night, probably this night that we're discussing, that evidently I disappeared for a little bit of time and Jason had to come find me. And uh, I come strolling out of the bathroom with (laughs) two beers in my hand. I went. I guess I went in empty-handed, but come you out. went into the bathroom empty-handed and walked out with two beers, and we had to take them from you forcefully. After I triple H them on the dance floor, <laughs> he's not lying. That actually happened. Oh my god! That's middle funny. of the dance floor at the governor's. To my entrance on the pot in here. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that's, yeah. Okay, let's rewind a little bit. Uh, You get through training. Yes, yeah. And in that training, you know, they was trying to discuss, what do we do with this guy? So, just to give you the story of the hood and how the hood came about. Um, Rex said, God, he's an ugly son of a bitch cover his face. Probably, but no, even (laughs) before that, uh, Terry was talking with Eddie. The three of us was out at the entrance there uh, where the ticket window would be or whatever, and so what, what do we do with this? Eddie looked at me and said, let's put him under a hood. So that's kind of how that went. And um, from that day forward, I started looking for a hood, something that really I liked. And um, went to Lewis at the flea market back when it was East Ridge Flea Market there on Ringo Road and when he had the wrestling booth oh, yeah. or the 
wrestling figure booth there. And he's the one who actually, when I found what I like, I told him he placed an order for me. So I had my mask, I had my gear, had all that set up, but I still didn't have a name. Um, and then I found music that I liked, um, Hammer, Spit and Fire. And it's a song that is on an unknown Hammer album that you cannot even find on Apple Music. It's a very hard album to find. Really? It's very rare, yeah. You can't even look just that song up and find it by Hammer. And so I had, now I had gear, I had music, but I still had no name. And uh, one day I was standing there at a place that you used to work at because my ex-wife worked there as well and a place you like to sleep at evidently while standing at a register. Um, That's what they get for putting a 17-year-old on third shift. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and a guy walks in and he was wearing this t-shirt and it said Spitfire. Little did I know at that time that it was a skateboard brand or theme but uh so i was like huh the song that i'm gonna use is spit and fire my mask has flames on it uh drew's grandmother was the one who sewed my flames on my the gold bicycle trucks that i had she's the one who put the red flames on those for me and even the black singlet that i had she put the red on those okay um so it's but, like everything just lined up. Yeah. And so I seen that shirt and I was like, that's it, Spitfire. And that's how I came up with the name Spitfire. And that's how all that came about back, you know, in the Rock of Ages. It's okay. great, baby. Okay, yeah. Uh, so you got the name, you got the gear, you got the music. Uh, first match. Well, what do you remember about it? Who do you? So my first match was, I had been reffing for, you know, several months leading up to it. And evidently, I think it was Drew was supposed to be in this eight-man tag match. And no, Drew was in it. Somebody was not there that night. And they, uh, at the time, UEW was doing a booking committee type thing. There was three or four of them that was right. doing the booking at the time. And uh, it was main event. Uh, was the centerfolds. Uh, Bigwood, Kenny, Frenchie, and uh, I think it was John, Arden. You know, so, no, Jay. Jay was in it. Okay. And... Um, against Blackie, Flawless, uh, David Kyle, Drew, and myself. But they needed a fourth man because whoever was supposed to be there couldn't make it. So they asked Rex, what about your boy? Is he ready? Rex said, yeah. I said, no. He said, you got this. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So I got thrown in that night. And, of course, my first night ever working under hood. I guess I probably should have trained a couple sessions under the hood to see how I could hear in it, or how you can hear how hot it is, how you right. can see, and how you can breathe. Yeah, and you know, and so I did. I was in there with Wood, and he tried to give me a couple spots. Well, I didn't hear him at all, and Wood did what any true professional veteran would do: took me to school. 
There you go. And I learned how to take a suplex. A lot of them. Okay. But uh, that's, but I realized real quick what I needed to do. And uh, it was a great learning experience, and I was very thankful for it. All right. So uh, get your first match done, out of the way, get your ass kicked a little bit. Cause oh, yeah. that's what happens. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. If you don't get your ass kicked, you either wrestled somebody who was way too nice or you're fucking phenomenal. And it definitely wasn't the latter. <laughs> I could probably see you a little bit too nice, but... Eh, well, I don't know, because anybody... Any one of those centerfolds that you just named would not hesitate to uh, yeah, yeah. rough you up a little bit if you... You're right. <laughs> and not speaking ill about any of no. them, because they're... Hell, they're all great guys. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. It is, yeah. Again, going back to the, you know, true veteran respect thing. That's It just goes back to respect. Yeah. That's one thing that, I don't know if it's lost now, but I know there's some locker rooms you go into, and it's, there was one, God, it was, it was a crowded-ass locker room. It was a lot smaller than the room we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, hardly any chairs. And uh, there was this guy that was just sitting there in one of the chairs, multiple people trying to get ready around him, and he wouldn't even think about getting up and giving his seat up and being like, oh, hey, here you go. I mean, have you ever tried to put wrestling shoes on standing up? No. It's not easy. Of course, I always wore, you know, the actual high school shooter boots, so I never... Well, that's what I was wearing Oh, really? Oh, wow, yeah. I couldn't even imagine that either, though. Yeah, I mean, trying to put those on standing up is not easy at all. And, yeah, this guy, he just wouldn't move, wouldn't even think about getting out of the way. I can't tell you how many people looked at him and was like, dude, will you get your ass up? He's like, no, it's my seat, I ain't moving. But, uh, so you go through, you have your first match. Uh, how long before you and uh, Chit start teaming up? Uh, went that, then I, t- of course, took the the fall that match. And the next match was David Kyle. I always remember that because I always thought, I was in the PWI magazine, you know, when they used to... Oh, yeah, the arena you, reports. Yeah. And uh, that second week, because they had David Kyle Penn Spitfire, you know. <laughs> so it was, but uh, not long after that, they put, uh, I think it was me, Chit, and Andy in a triple threat match. It was probably a month, month okay. and a half in, maybe. And that was my first win, actually, was in that triple threat match. Okay. And I don't know, it was just like me and Chit gelled together. And as you came in, and then Jerry came in not long after that. Andy brought in Jason DeVille, mm-hmm. formed the Theater of Pain. And so we had a really, really strong tag division. It was a really good tag division back then. Yes, it was great. And it was a lot of young talent that was up and coming. And some of y'all are still going. Well, Lord, well, no, kind of. 
I mean, I think everybody's pretty much done. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, thinking back, uh, Chit hadn't wrestled in a while. Well, no, You're... Chit's doing the drums for uh, Cheering Tokyo now. Okay. Yeah, he's traveling with them. That's awesome. So yeah, Chit's there. Jerry, I think Jerry still does every now and then. Yeah, and him and I were talking about back before this whole pandemic started, and uh, right, I liked the idea y'all had for y'all's group. Right, we was going to team up, and but then I think he had hurt his back again, or something had happened, and things just went down south from there, and didn't get to do it. Hopefully, one day we will, or maybe, or maybe not. I don't want my body. Besides what it wants to do. Right. All right. So you tag with Chit for a while. Does that just like, was it a amicable split or did he stop or how that? (laughs) That's when they brought in the United States, Southeastern, United, I-24. I remember that title. Championship title. I remember that title. And so... Rex said, hey, look, we're going to put this strap on whichever one of y'all want to go heal. And it was up to me and him to talk it out, who wanted to stay face, who wanted to go heal. That, I mean, it was just kind of brought to us to split for that. And, but so we had a little feud there for a little while and over that. Um, and then we got back together and then that's when he left and then at that dark side wrestling when it was outside we got back together again so I mean it was you know me and Chip was a tag team that you could always put together and right. never miss a beat okay well uh, fast forward just a little bit to uh you said something about it earlier, the uh, kidney transplant. Your uh, first retirement match, because... <laughs> oh, well, see, that, that, was a point, that was a point to where just as the tag team division, like you were saying, it was really good. We were having... You would put this team against this team against this team against this team. You know, mm-hmm. it, there wasn't... There were babies and heels, but... Everybody wanted to be tag team champions. Like it should be. It wasn't like, well, you guys are good guys. We're good guys. Hey, let's shake hands and we're never, we'll never fight. You know, it was... You might have Jason Hampton and Jerry Anderson against Spitfire and Chip Martinez one week. Mm-hmm. And the crowd would eat it up. You know, right down the middle, who they were cheering for. Mm-hmm. Throw the theater of pain in there. Triple threat. You know... Splitting the tags up. Uh, who else? Jason Phoenix and Nick Rampage. Yeah, that was who I was just thinking of. And even uh, Cyrus back when he was... Well, he was Cyrus. That's when he got the name Cyrus. Mm-hmm. When Mitch first started. Him and uh, Popper. Yeah. Remember when they wore the white t-shirts with the black ties? Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of like Hitman. And uh, that was a really good tag team. Two big men. Um it was great. And, of course, you always had Drew and Chuck or Chuck and Drew Delight or, you know, any Drew number. Delight and Rush. Right. Iron Man and Rush. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, it was just any number of tag teams, and the division was going strong. And, you know, like I said, John and I wrestled a million times. And, of course, just like you, I probably had two or three tag team partners in my years that I was there. Right. Had uh, that uh, young little black boy. Jay Loke. Yeah. Yes. Jay Loke, referee Chris. The referee Chris, uh, yeah. I mean, all those people that just that showed up when uh, even Corey Cox, Corey Cox when he was with the Theater of Pain, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Daniels and referee Chris tagging up, and Sky Skunk. Yeah, you know that was a good little tag team. I mean, just it was a great tag division. All of us were, you know, all of us gelled really well. We all became friends. We used to hang out all the time. I mean, outside of wrestling, there would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it wouldn't be nothing for it to be a Friday night and I go over to his house and stay until Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. You know, go to the show and shit like that. So, uh, he goes through and he's going to have his first quote-unquote retirement match. And he comes to me and he's like, hey, I want to wrestle you for my last match. So, uh... You feel like going into what oh, it was? Yeah. or Yeah, so my dad, he was a juvenile diabetic, wasn't supposed to live to see 18, and uh, his kidneys had shut down, and he was on dialysis, and he had decided uh, he wasn't going to do dialysis anymore. It made him too sick, and he just wasn't going to do it. And uh, so uh, I said, all right, well, we need to look at getting you a kidney. And he said, well, said if it happens, it happens. And one of his sisters tested, but she was overweight and uh, she couldn't do it. My mom got tested. Something happened there. She couldn't do it. And so I said, Dad, I'm going to get tested to see if I'm a match so I can give you a kidney. He said, no, you're not. I said, Dad, yeah, I am. He said, no, you're not. I said, Dad, you gave up on life. I said, you know, you've given me a lot. I said, I'm going to do this. And he said, well... You can go tested, but everybody else has already been turned down. I'm sure they're going to turn you down, too. So I went down to Emory Hospital down in Atlanta, got tested, and Lord, what was it? It was just two or three months later. We was doing yeah, a transplant. It was, it was real quick. It was real quick. And, uh, so, and naturally, I didn't know what the future was going to hold after that with uh, only having the one kidney or, you know, so uh, that's why I might need to go ahead and look at stepping away. And that's when I went to Jason with that. And I wasn't expecting Jason to do what he did and, you know, made it even more emotional. Uh, but Jason. Yeah, I was a jerk. They took, they, the whole time we're telling him, he's, you know, you're going to go under. It's your last match. So you put the guy over, blah, 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 you know, step out, all that stuff. We go through, have. I'm not going to say a great match, but, I mean, hell, it was passable. I put it up against any other match. I mean, we put everything out there. It was going to be your last, so we wanted to make it memorable for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hit him with a move that's now called the Air Raid Crash. Back then, it was called the Modest Drop because Mike Modest did it, and that's where everybody sold it from. <laughs> <laughs> I hit him with it. I go like I'm going to pin him, and instead of pinning him, I grab his arm, lay down, put his arm on top of me, and hold this fuck out of it so he can't move. 
They count the three. And he you had turned heel. Yeah. You had turned heel. You were heel at the time. Mm-hmm. So everybody was like, you know, the crowd went silent and everybody was like, what the fuck? So I get on the microphone and I'm like, hey, I know a lot of you are wondering what the hell's going on. I was like, well, this is what's going on. Today, as of, you know, five seconds ago when he pinned me, this is no longer Spitfire. This is, this is my buddy John. My buddy John is not going to be able to wrestle anymore after tonight because he's putting, you know, family over this and he's, you know, giving his dad a kidney and everything and the crowd, yay, yay, yay. He takes the mask off in front of everybody for the first time and they're like, holy shit, it's that referee fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But yeah, we... You know, it gets emotional in the ring. I get out of the ring, give it to him. Everybody's yay, yay, clapping. Uh, and then, like, two weeks later, he's back in the ring again. I'm like, but dude, was, fuck you. But it was a good <laughs> thing that I came back. I mean, it was, it ended up being one of the war game shows that I came back for. Right. Um, so this was, like he said, literally not long after the transplant at all. Oh, wow. And I definitely should not have been in the ring because I'm not fully healed from the surgery. But what happened was amazing. What, it wasn't amazing, but I mean, it was what I needed because after the match, in which, what was it, a tag team gauntlet or something? I think so. Uh, I go to the back, and my incision had opened up a little bit um, from the surgery. And um, so I'm laying there, and I think it was Crystal had came to the back first and seen that there was blood, but it wasn't just blood. There was infection. Yeah, coming so out of the incision side as well. If he wouldn't have got in the ring and that opened up, he wouldn't have known the infection was there until it was probably too late. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep an eye on this. And so later on that night, uh, my ex-wife had to take me to the hospital because you it literally looked like somebody took a football and burned it on my stomach. Because the infection was so bad, a staph infection had set up on the inside of my stomach. And uh, so another trip back to Atlanta, to Emory Hospital, and they uh, opened up a spot right underneath my belly button there, big enough probably to put two golf balls in. And uh, so, yeah, then I took my time off that I needed. Yeah, then he retired. (laughs) For a little while. <laughs> then come back. <laughs> Again. Right. I mean, everybody does at least once. Or ten. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> you never say you're done. I mean, hell, how many times did Terry Funk, Ric Flair... I think the only person that retired and stayed that way was... You can't even say Sean anymore. Yeah, you that one. Man. No, you can't say Sean. You can't say Taker. Uh, Austin. Well, Taker just now officially retired, so. Yeah, but as soon as Saudi Daisy, or Saudi Arabia. (laughs) (laughs) You hear that, Saudi Daisy? Undertaker's coming. As soon as Saudi Daisy says, we need a wrestling show, Undertaker's going to say, God damn, let's do it. (laughs) Uh, 
But I guess you could say Austin's really the only one. Yeah, I mean, he's but made appearances. His is more medical, I guess. Nah. Well, a lot of a couple of them were medical. Sean, well, no, Sean wasn't medical. Sean was medical the first, first time. time, right? But yeah, unless it's medical, there's not well, a whole lot. Austin said he's good. He could go back if he wanted to. He always said that the cars would have to be perfect before him to come back. I mean, the only time I thought he would ever come back would have been for Punk. I thought that'd been a good little story, but yeah, he's really the only one that stuck to his guns. Yeah, that's just. What... One of them things, and that was, you know, Sean's always been probably my favorite. You know, there's always that big Sean Michaels, Bret Hart. Yes. Screw you, Andrew Alexander. <laughs> uh, Sean's better. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, he always stuck to that, and I always respect him, and then Saudi Arabia called. And then we had this <laughs> shit show that was DX versus fucking Brothers of Destruction. But anyway, that's but. All right, so that was your first couple of retirements. You, uh, what else did you do in wrestling after that? Because that's kind of when we, we kind of drifted apart a little after you did retire, and I well, started going to. See, I went I, to other places, and I guess after you left, right before UEW shut down, uh, their last show was a cage match. I was in a cage match. It was supposed to be me versus Rocky for the uh, I-75-59-24 United States Independent Championship. Belt. Of the Western Hemisphere. Yes. And uh, that was the night that, you know, Raven was there, Johnny Swinger, and so I don't know what all that debacle was. Anyway, something happened, and it ended up being a tag match. Chuck was supposed to work Danny, and I was supposed to work Rocky. In singles matches. Both of us in cage matches, but two singles matches. Gotcha. And so, with whatever happened, they, I had been wearing one of my undershirts that said Wild Boys in Training, kind of leading up to it because I was working with Chuck. Chuck right. was kind of my mentor at the time anyway. So, uh, Robbie at the time just said, well, we're just going to turn this into a tag match, but if... Uh, Chuck or Spitfire wins, Spitfire wins the belt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that was the first night I'd ever tried to get color. I think I had two drops. Of, uh, Sounds about right. You know, uh, <laughs> Rocky tried to open me the hard way. Uh, <laughs> you don't get Rocky to try to do that. Yeah. Oh, uh, Lord. Gene tried to use his crown on me to open me the hard way. That was didn't work. But <laughs> Uh, so I, I'm still the reigning defending uh, United States Independent I-75 Western Hemisphere champion of UEW. It's a long ass reign. Well, you know, it, it happens. That's fabulous. Moolah had a 55 year reign because there were no women wrestlers. <laughs> she picked them all. No, she just picked them all out. <laughs> but yeah, after that, uh, when that show. And because they were, Robbie was just going to move it, I think, at the time. It's going to move locations, I think. If I, I think right. that's what the plan was supposed to be, but the building fell through. Yeah, or whatever something. happened, it just never really have anything ever happened there again. That's when I guess I went. Was it, did we go to Angus's after that or? I think that's where I ran into you was Angus's because... I either did Dark Side or Angus. 
or probably a combination of both. Well, I know whenever I left, I went down to TWA, mm-hmm. down in Dalton, mm-hmm. or Tunnel Hill, and that's where that's where I was. And I think you came down there once or twice. Right. And, so, but you kind of stayed up here, and I would go to Angus's every now and then, and Dark Side a couple times. Me and Matt came down to TWA together. Me and Matt Lynch, because mm-hmm. we caught a lot of heat in the back um, because we were living the Canadian gimmick at that time. Gotcha. So let's go transition from Lucha to Canadian real quick. So uh, Dark Side. Um, so yeah, I was probably doing Dark Side next because I was working on Russell Boulevard at the time. I had an old, old blazer. Had all my gear in a bag in the blazer. Had a CD case or something in the front seat. Well, I'd never locked the stupid thing because there was never anything worth stealing in it. But evidently on Rossville Boulevard, people want to book a CDs and a bag of wrestling gear. So that come up missing, and that's how Spitfire dissolved. Uh, the bag got stolen with the mask in it. The mask was never able to be ordered again. Gotcha. And uh, so, you know, I lost uh, a match in Houston. Uh, I lost the mask. Sounds about right. Right. And so Hanging I, from the rafters. Right. And, and then I become Canadian. But anyway, uh, so men, I was with... Uh, um, That's when Johnny Viper started the... World's greatest athlete, Canadian. Right. Me, Johnny, Matt, we were all together. T-Bone was with us. Um, we was managed by Rick um, okay. at Darkside. And they had bought me, because I told them, I think I got stolen maybe a Thursday or Friday or something like that, and they was running every Saturday. Well, I was like, well, you're supposed to wear your mask, your hooded character. Okay. So they bought me this little cheap, generic $10 mask or whatever, and I didn't like it. <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, I ain't going to wear this to the ring. I didn't want the first week that they got it. Into that. Throughout that next week, I said, I ain't wearing that. I ain't wearing it. And I'd got word that if you don't wear it, they're probably going to let you go or, you know, get not let you come back or whatever. So I wore it to the curtain. And right as we're getting ready to walk through the curtain, I took the mask off as we walked out to the ring. Um, they never got rid of me. Me and Matt are still the reigning defending tag team champions of Dark Side Wrestling. Okay. So evidently, they, evidently, I've got a thing of shutting down shows. And keeping it their belts. Like and it. keeping their belts. Yeah. It sounds like it. But, uh, yeah, so the last show that they had there, me and Matt was uh, in the ring, and we was the main event, and we told everybody, y'all ain't got to go home, but if y'all want to stay and watch us, we're going to stay right here in this ring. And if we would have known that that was going to be their last show, you know, we probably would have done things a little differently as far as, you know, where those belts came from to would have probably went back to rifle owners. But... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we didn't realize that at the time, but I always got in trouble, still get punched for one spot that I did at that show. And 
looking back on it now, when I think of who was in that match when I did this spot, because you remember uh, Drake, how he had that casket yeah. that he came out of. So we was doing one of their big shows, air quotes, for those of y'all that can't see. Um, so everybody? Yes. <laughs> well, there's three of y'all that can see. Um, well, two of y'all that can see. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, I set up a ladder right behind Drake's casket. And there was three other tag teams involved in this. It was Fatal 4-Way. And I climbed up a 15-foot ladder, got on top of Drake's casket, and did the back somersault off of it. And uh, luckily, Big Will was in that match because that was the only one that I re- really trusted that would catch me. Oh, yeah. And uh, once I got up there, I'm scared of heights, and I really realized it once I got up there. <laughs> uh, Matt's like, John, you got to get down. Come here. Get down, get down. And I looked down like an idiot, and uh, but I knew there was only one of two ways of coming down, you know, uh, cowering out and walking back down the ladder, or doing the moonsault off, and so that's what I decided to do. And then I got punched when I, I got to the back, because, you know, that was stupid. Well, yeah, but, you know. That's part of wrestling. Right. I mean, every now and then doing something stupid is what you got to. Right. So, then after that, it was just sporadic, because I never... It was always just fun for me. It was just that euphoria of almost an out-of-body experience, uh, of being able to be somebody else for a minute or be... She was taking a picture of the Tigers. Oh, okay. I was curious there. But uh, I thought she was using her phone as a TV remote or something. Well, we can do that, too. We can actually do that. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, it was just, I, I, I don't know, just to be able to get away from reality for just a little while, that it was just an escape for me. It was something that was just to free my mind of life. I know exactly what you mean. That's, that's what wrestling was for me a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I first got in, I was like, oh, I want to make it big. I want to do this. And then the more I got in and I was like, that's probably not going to happen, but I want to have fun. And then I was doing it some more and I'm like, okay, I know I'm never going to go anywhere besides these shows probably, but I'm still going to bust my ass and try and maybe try to help somebody else get there and try to teach as much as I can and all that stuff. I mean, I loved getting in there and like you said, the escapism of everything. But. Right. And of course, I guess the most fun I had as the Canadian though was up in Graysville. Oh God. Cause I had people go to the owner of that company who was part of the city council of Graysville, Tennessee. And he was at the store and offered to pay him money for somebody to literally get in the ring and whooping my tail in real life. Uh, of course, it didn't help that I about gave a 70-year-old war veteran a heart attack because I did a knee drop on the American flag. 
But they absolutely hated my guts up there. And, but as Jason can tell you, I'm a very big patriot. Uh, you know, I love the United States. So, I mean, it's it was literally all a gimmick. And so I, I would never do that in real life. So, Right. I mean, you can't... What you see in the ring is not what... What the person really is. Right. I mean... People now now, by now, need to know that. But if you can suspend that disbelief for just that moment, then hey, that's awesome. People take it too seriously. Exactly. People take things way too seriously. If you're here, you'll eat it up. All right, there was one show in Dayton, Tennessee at a armory. I was talking to these, you know, just going at the crowd, blah, blah, blah. And there were these two, I don't even think they were old enough to drink yet, girls that were sitting in the back row. And I was hanging with Jerry, and he's going, and he's making fun of them back there. You know, blah, blah, blah. He says, check these two out. Or he's like, look at that one. And I'm like, which one? The fat one or the ugly one? These girls were 90 pounds at the most each. So, you know, they start arguing with each other. He called you fat. No, he called you fat. And then they got mad because we called one of them fat. Mm -hmm. And they called their boyfriend. One of them called their boyfriend and was like, this guy called me fat. You need to be outside with your gun when he leaves <laughs> <laughs> and it just happened Jerry's wife was sitting uh, somewhere mm-hmm. around him and I was like hey I'm married to that one he doesn't really think you're fat and ugly <laughs> but yeah I mean it was always just a lot of fun and I had been away from the scene for Lord of mercy. I did a couple shows for Empire when they first opened up. Yeah. And um, after that, I walked away. And for seven, eight plus years, I guess. And uh, just had come back to the scene, really. Uh, well, I know you had moved away there for a little yeah, while, Yeah, I was too. living in Alabama uh, and actually had a chance to, really, if I wanted to, I could have gotten involved down there because I met Johnny Slaughter. I don't know. Uh, I know Ben knows Johnny Slaughter quite mm-hmm. well. He's pretty well known. He's actually did some uh, extra work for WWE, WCW, and things. Uh, he, he's been around for a long time, did stuff in Japan. So, uh, but he runs a show out there in Alabama and he was starting it up and wanted me to come out and train or, you know, get back in shape and right. work for him. And I, I, I was like, man, I hadn't done it so long. Um, while I was out in Alabama, I had back surgery and uh, didn't just, didn't know how I was going to hold up. And uh, so come back home, uh, even though I, I love the great Crimson Tide of Alabama. I didn't lose anything in Alabama to make me want to stay in the little town I was living in. Um, I missed home, and I wanted to come back home to where my 
family and friends are. And, uh, you know, Jason, you've always been family to me. Uh, we've, yeah, we've had our ups and our downs, uh, but we've always been family. Right. And uh, I, I just, I had to come back home and, uh, you know, God Almighty, ran into you. CC's, um, God, it just, when I come back, it was just running into you sporadically and here and there, something was meant to be there that, right. you know, we had to reconnect and, uh, you said, come watch me, come watch the show. And, uh, Chip was running the show there and, uh, loved Chip to death, man, always respected him. Just a great dude, and really respect what he was doing with that show mm -hmm. there. And uh, well, I, I hope you would like that show because of it being the community and with the church and yeah. everything. Oh, I mean, yeah, you would appreciate that most definitely. And you know, I told him even because I was rapping for him, and you know, when he did the block party, and I finally got to have that big one last hoorah again. and. Uh, was setting up to be able to come back. Uh, I told him, you know, whatever he needed, I would do anything for him. Mm -hmm. If he needed a ref, I'd ref. If he needed somebody to talk on the mic and commentate, I'd do that. If he needed somebody to wrestle as a face, I'd be a face, a heel, be a heel. Whatever he needed, all he had to do was ask. And uh, I wouldn't do that for just anybody, especially the way I walked away and right. I've been away for so long, but because of what he was doing and his heart, I wanted to be a part and help him support that. And uh, and Chiv and I still, we we both love our Houston teams, and we're dropping back and forth every day almost, or a couple times a week or whatever about how bad. Uh, Houston screwing up in all three sports, uh, you know, <laughs> right now. And uh, but it is what it is. And uh, so hopefully, you know, maybe soon the world gets back to where we can do things again. And you know, if you get a chance, I'll go back down there and help him out again. Yeah. Uh, I mean. The way we left off with everything with Chip, uh, the way the show just had to stop because of how everything happened mm -hmm. with COVID and everything, I wish, that's one show I do wish would get back going and right. everything. Uh, I know there are still shows like RCW down in Chatsworth. Right. I know they just ran this past Saturday, mm -hmm. and I only know that because Will came over last Saturday. Right. And He's like, I almost went to RCW tonight. Uh, Tyler, I hadn't talked to him in a while. I need to actually message him and just see how he's doing. Because, uh, yeah, they've been I going. I guess him and Ben still talk a lot about, you know, the show. And I guess, you know, Ben said that I guess maybe he still spits ideas at Ben and see get Ben's idea on things. And Right. I mean, that's... That's always a smart thing to, you know, just get an mm -hmm. opinion from people. That's why whenever I was driving and I had that idea for the gimmick, I called you. I'm like, hey, <laughs> what do you think of this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm not wrestling right now, if I start back and like, hey, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's one thing, you know, you know, you're going to get my 
honest opinion on it. And uh, that's one thing that's lacking a lot nowadays is people's honest opinions. Yes. Because it could be, you know, just don't want to talk to somebody so you blow smoke up their ass. And mm-hmm. you can go, it could be a young guy walking up to a veteran and I was like, hey, did you watch my match? And they're like, oh, yeah, it was great, kid. You, uh, yeah, the crowd in the palm of their hand, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that bump I heard. Right. <laughs> exactly. And the whole, the whole time he didn't look at it for a second. He's just right. blowing smoke up his ass, but. If you can find somebody who actually has a, that will give you their honest opinion mm-hmm. or not bullshit you, that's very rare nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, you and I had uh, talked about something around the time of the pandemic also that, you know, I would like to maybe one day see come to fruition with a, a trio, but, you know. Everybody's just going to have to be patient and wait and see if that ever happens. Right. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Wrestling and the weather is about the only thing. <laughs> Those are always you never know kind of situations. Card subject to change. Exactly. That's why it's on every poster <laughs> right at the bottom. Card subject to change. That's how you had your first match and probably how you're going to have your last. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, man, I'm glad you came by, hung out for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Most we'll, uh, we got the career retrospective out of the way, so we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and stop for a second, let you guys catch your breath. We might throw another commercial in if we have another one. If not, <laughs> you'll just hear a little sound effect, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, hopefully you enjoyed whatever was there, whether it be sound effects or ad or whatever the hell it was. Like I said, it's been a while since we've been back, guys. We've got we to iron out the commercials and ads. Yeah, first show back, I'm glad we had somebody here that could, you know, fill some time like John did and not shut the fuck up for a second or two. Well, you know, we always do good when we do our random shit part, whatever number this is. Yeah, but this wasn't really a random. This no, one's, no, exactly, we had yeah. the career retrospective of Spitfire. Now the wolves are going crazy because the daughter just showed up. And, uh, yeah, man, I had a lot of fun. I'm glad you came by, hung out for a oh, little yeah. bit. Anytime. Talk, shot the shit. Yeah. I, you were here for a little bit. I mean, we ate before the podcast. I was showing you some stuff, and uh, we were talking about... Yes. <laughs> well, you weren't in here. Uh, Pluto has a Legends pro wrestling, like, Legends channel now. Oh, dang. Okay. So, uh... What? Puffing and puffing okay. and <laughs> going around. So, it's like old school wrestling? Uh, yeah, we turned it on, and it was... Uh, Scott Hall, Steve Austin, and two other randos. Jeff Jarrett was in there. Against Jeff Jarrett and three other randos. Yeah. And I mean, this match, the idea how the match was going was actually kind of intriguing. Okay. It was like a last man standing match. But the way they'd done it, okay. you would go through and you would have the match. If someone from your team gets pinned... You got to pick one person to get in the ring 
to go against all four people on the other team for X amount of time. I'm guessing, what, a minute and a half, two minutes, mm-hmm. something like that. It wasn't very long. But you would go against the whole team. Oh, wow. And then after that time was over, you had to answer a 10 count. If you answer the 10 count, the match continues as a regular match to see who would get pinned next to have to try to answer the 10 count again. Okay. Uh, We didn't watch the whole thing. We just watched a little bit of the segment. So we don't know who actually won or anything. But Scott Hall got pinned by a backslide. Okay. If that tells you how old this was. Uh, this is when Scott Hall was big as hell, right? Yeah, hairy, big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tom Selleck mustache. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett had the big, fluffy, pre-J-E-double-F <laughs> hair. <laughs> nice. I mean, it was... Uh, Steve Austin had hair. hair. Yeah, Steve Austin had the blonde <laughs> hair. He did have long, flowing blonde hair. And there was a guy smoke. The guy that pinned Scott Hall got out of the ring and was smoking a victory cigar. So yeah, yeah. We have to go back and watch some of that. that was definitely pre-pandemic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a crowd. Right. So weird seeing wrestling without. It'd be so weird to see wrestling with a crowd again now. Okay, so we're just here in the clothes. We're just kind of shooting the shit a little bit. As you know, we do our. If work. you could book a match like that today. What eight guys would you have on the two teams? Oh, okay. Don't throw us out. Okay. Would you do like a current four on four? Would you do four current, four legend? Would you go interpromotional with it? I mean. Right now, okay. I, I love what AEW is doing. Yeah. I, I do. Uh, the interpromotional that they've got going on with Impact, uh, Impact, and New Japan. New Japan. Um, anxious to see if maybe they can work. So, and even NWA. I was about to say the way yeah. they've got the NWA in there too. Yeah, it, could they get something with Ring of Honor? Also, you never know. Um, it's definitely possible. I, mean. uh, I would like to see more of that. I'd love to see an interpromotional style. You know, I mean, think about it right now with the way. You can't help but think that they're building something for the Bullet Club. Oh, yeah. Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're taking jabs at each other, and it, that would be amazing. I, I would love to see Japan Bullet Club versus America Bullet Club. Yeah. Right. That'd be great. Uh, of course, that'd be about a 30 man match. No doubt. You know what I would love to see, and this is going to completely against the four-on-four thing that I was just talking about. They're building towards Rich Swan Impact Champion against Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. uh, AEW Champion. Mm-hmm. They're in the middle of the match. They're boom, boom, kicking ass, having a good match. Like I'm sure they're going to with them two. Lights go out. You know, maybe some kind of a double down. The lights go out and the single spotlight shines on the entranceway. And fucking Nick Aldis is standing there with the NWA title. Oh, Oh, God, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, just doing that because, I mean, they've already got the relationship where they've got the NWA Women's Champion coming on to AEW. I mean, hell, do something like that. Build everything up. It'll fucking... It'll pump everybody up. 
it'll lift all the shows. And I mean, just them combining together, it's not really the territory days. But if you can have somebody go from NWA to Impact to AEW to New Japan right. to Ring of Honor, and they hit up all the big promotions around. It's a win-win. It's a win-win for everybody. Yes. You know, I like Nick Aldis. You I know, do too. Talking about him as the NWA. Yeah. You know, I remember when he started with TNA. Course. Right. I remember when you and Andy Alexander would come over on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. when TNA originally started. The Wednesday pay-per-views. Yeah, and we would order it every Wednesday night at, what, 10 bucks a pop? I yeah, think it, was it was 10 bucks. We threw in 2 $3 a piece. We're like, but Here you every go. Wednesday night, we was ordering it. And uh, so I remember back to the original, and I, so I've always followed TNA, but remember when he come in as that... The British guy, mm-hmm. uh, Magnus. Uh, Magnus, yeah, Magnus. and uh, but seeing where he is now as the NWA champ, it, he's done wonders ever since. I mean, I know he had that one loss to Cody for All In, but that was just for the show. And mm-hmm. He got to talk back, and he's had that title ever since. I mean, he's had that title for off good two, two, three years. He's done wonders for that belt. Yeah, but and they've so been even, off for a year. Yeah, you know, right. So. And see, even expanded out, like you were saying, if they can bring ROH in, mm-hmm. uh, Ring of Honor champion right now, Rich, uh, the Rush, Rich, I know Gresham's the pure champion. Yeah, right? Rich, Rich, him and Lethal are the tag. They're the tag. Uh, last I remember, PCO. Rush. No, I think PCO dropped it. Oh yeah, Rush, 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 Rush. Not, not Freddie. Not Freddie, but yeah. The Mexican Rush? Right. Uh, yeah, because it was him and wasn't it Bandito was the mm-hmm. TV champion or yeah, something, something like, like that. that? I mean, just throwing all four, the four of them going at it in a big four-way. Oh, yeah. Or even if they do, like, you know, agree, be like, look, we're going to make your guys look strong. We'll have a big pay-per-view, mm-hmm. all interpromotional, blah, blah, blah. You know, secondary champion here versus secondary champion here. Yeah, like an uh, emotional championship. That'd be so incredible all the way through. I mean, yeah, think about it. The Survivor Series or whatever they... Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, never, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, who's the X Division champion right now? Uh, isn't it a... Oh, it's a... T.J. Perkins. Perkins. Is it Perkins? T.J.P. Oh, shit. Yeah. T.J.P. and Darby Allen. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I mean, the shit T.J.P., they do, Darby Allen, and uh, Jonathan Gresham. Gresham. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the stuff they can do like that. And the NWA, they got the TV title. I don't know who the champion is. Uh, I don't they just dropped it uh, or changed out in California. Oh, they got the TV title and they got the North American. or the. Maybe I'm thinking the North American title. Yeah. You know, I've had a match for that belt before. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> In West Virginia, me against Tempers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> West Virginia. But, yeah, uh, you know, the interpromotional stuff they could do with that, if they can get everything agreed upon and mm-hmm. be like, we'll make everybody look strong. There's yeah. not going to be, a, you know, it's going to be something to where it's a finisher out of nowhere, you know, right. three. And, and to me, that's what wrestling needs. It don't need that. This is my four walls. Nobody comes in. Y'all can't go exactly. anywhere. That's, that's an employee. 
that's not that's not a, an independent a contractor. contractor. Exactly. And you, um, you can't work anywhere else, but we're also not going to pay for your medical bills. Right. So, but I mean, I mean not to talk wrestling politics because that's not what we're here for. Right. And everybody that follows any of the dirt sheets or listens to anything knows they know what we're talking about. Uh, like right now. If you listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, Bruce Pritchard's getting the money for that podcast. Mm-hmm. But AJ Styles can't play video games online for you anymore. I mean, and, I, yeah. And you already got one that got fired because of it. Right. It, I mean, it's. I mean, people know what's right and what's wrong. You can tell it's shitty, but. And whether that one's husband's getting punished because of her. Exactly. And he's great. He's fucking fucking amazing. And been off TV for, what, a month and a half, two months now? At least, yeah. And probably it's it's only a matter of time for he's gone. I mean, full disclosure, I don't watch a lot of wrestling anymore. The first wrestling I've watched in a while was the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. Just because Rumble is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. pay-per-views all the time. Mm -hmm. I... I'll watch a match on NXT every now and then if it's somebody I like or yeah. somebody I'm interested in and want to see. We'll watch highlights mainly for uh, Yeah, I'm I'll catch I'll watch the uh wrestling YouTube talk. wrestling sites talking about this is what happened on Raw, this is what happened on SmackDown. You that's know, all you that's, need. You don't miss anything on Raw and SmackDown. I know. Yeah. And uh, that's what Ben told me the other day. I'm like, man, I don't even watch wrestling anymore. He's like, I watch He's like, you don't have to watch NXT, watch AEW, watch New Japan. Yeah. I mean, it's sad that that's what it's come down to now. Because I know anytime wrestling would be on, I'm just like, man, I got to watch wrestling. I'm, yeah. I would sneak when I was a kid and I would turn my TV on and put something under the door where the light wouldn't go out. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't know the TV was on and I was watching wrestling. I mean... That used to be... Or you try to cut the TV down and hope it cuts down before you cut the TV on and doesn't make that loud noise. Oh, I would cut it down before I turned it off because I knew I was going to do that. Smart. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was... I didn't want to miss wrestling. And I mean, it's bad when... It's not even something I really want to watch. And it's not because the talent's not there because it is. I mean, you look at what's there now. Yeah. I mean... Edge is back. Oh yeah. Shout out Josh Johnny Viper. I know that's he's happy about that. I mean, Edge is back. I'd like to see that, but the stuff they're doing with him, I mean, when he first comes back, he has the five thousand matches with never Randy ending I think their yeah. match from WrestleMania is still going on. Yeah. I agree, yeah. And then it, they ended. had to reshot his match with Randy at Backlash. He would have got that tricep injury to begin with. I mean it's the things they're doing just... And what I don't understand is, I don't know if you read it or not, if you've seen it, this year's Royal Rumble was, age-wise, the oldest... Oldest. In the, in the men's, yeah. yeah. And you've got all this young talent that is I mean, you've got so guys... You've got Ricochet. You've got fucking Aleister Black. Cedric you've got Alexander. Cedric. You've got fucking... Uh, I mean, Angel Garza. Andrade. They was going to use a spot. Andrade, Humberto Carrillo. I mean, 
all these young guys, but just put Goldberg and give him the title. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't like that. I like Edge because the story that's set up is, is perfect for him. Mm-hmm. And But he's not the type of person that's going to, hey, I'm going to show up for Raw, and then I'm going to sit out for eight weeks and then come back for a, a Mania spot. He said he's going to be there every week, and he, he's been there every week. So I get that. And then you go over to SmackDown. You've got guys like AJ, who they do use. Daniel Bryan, who they do use. And mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, who has not never been once afraid to put somebody over. How many people has he put over? He's put over Ali. Ali. He's put over. Uh, they dropped the ball with the entire retribution angle. That could have been the best angle possible. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look what he did. I mean, Cesaro. He let Cesaro. Him and Cesaro. Cesaro and Nakamura. Yeah. You got Ziggler uh, and Rude, who yeah. are the tag champs right now, but they're still they've got fucked over. Yeah, th- th- we've seen that so many times. It's like, I mean, I used to be the biggest Ziggler fan, and now I see Ziggler, and I'm like, man. Eh. And that sucks. I was, I was well, a huge Ziggler. You see Ziggler, and you're like, okay, this is going to be a good match, match. but it's going to have no so point when the end, when it's exactly. over. Exactly. I mean, you go from when he cashed in money in the bank, man, I, I screwed bloody murder. And then now it's just, he's a good well, man. He wins money in the bank. He's the champion. Then, not saying anything bad about him because he's a damn, I think he's a good worker. Jake Hager, Jack Swagger, whatever mm-hmm. you want to fucking call him. Yeah. Swagger kicked him in the head, gave him a concussion, so that, he was out. And that was the end of Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. I mean, why? You have people get hurt all the time. It's the nature of the business. Seth Rollins got hurt, and he was out for how long? And he, they bring him back, and he's up at the top. Triple H tears his quad. Multiple times. He's out for how long? And they bring him back, and he's right at the top. Cena tears his peck. Comes right back, wins the Royal Rumble, wins at WrestleMania. Uh. Finn Balor wins the universal title. First ever universal champion. First ever universal champion. Takes that buckle bomb on the outside Tears. on the guardrail thing. Tears his labrum. Tears his labrum and Vince is like, oh, he's accident prone. Yep. They took a fucked up move that he had no problem taking because he's like, okay, it's going to look good in the show. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And then guys that they brought up from NXT that shouldn't have been brought up, not because they weren't ready, but because they had nothing for them. They're just like, oh, this is a big guy. It's going to pop a rating, maybe. Mm-hmm. You got Keith Lee. They bring Keith Lee up, and they're like, okay, we're going to change everything, everything about you that everybody likes. We're going to change your music. Which, granted, the music was because it was the CFO, CFO money. And they're not, walk, they're not with them anymore, so they had to take them out. I get that. Uh, when they did change it the second time after he came back the second one was good and you know even there's that guy that's in Retribution uh, him and Keith Lee had a Dijak yeah Dijakovic whatever the series that they had the matches they had at the takeovers I mean it was crazy the best I've ever seen and then they give him what he's got was he Slapjack no I think he's T-Bar Slapjack is uh, Shane Thorne yeah oh yeah Shane Thorne another one Shane Thorne, Dio Madden, I didn't get to see him do much work, but they had him stand up to Brock Lesnar when they had him as the right. ring announcer. They have him stand up to Brock Lesnar. He's a big dude. They could have actually done something there, but instead they just have Lesnar pick him up, F5, we'll never hear from you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we knew that was going to be a match that he was going to win, but that could have been a good angle that could have popped something. Could have propelled him. We could have seen if he could have talked on the microphone. Could have worked really well. We never well, that's the thing. Things. You knew he could talk because he was doing the ring announcement. He was doing the yeah, commentating shit. Of course, you know, I like what they did with Drew. Uh, that was a good story. That was a good story. That's one thing that they got right. Right. 
was uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just because, uh, you know, when he had to go away, when they let him go and he went away and faced his own demons and, you know, changed everything about him, was, he realized that what he had to do to fix it. Right, he knew what he had to do. He came back fucking monstrously bigger. Yeah. I mean, looks great. And. Whenever they brought him in and they put him with Ziggler. I mean, the stuff he did at NXT with Andrade was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that stuff there. And that stuff, that stuff, we like when he was facing Drew, we never thought he was going to win the belt. And all of a sudden, bam, won the belt. And well, like, then been... they bring Drew up to the main roster and you're like, okay, this is going to be something cool. And then they put him with Ziggler and you're just like, oh. Yeah, like, they're going to screw it up again? Yeah, How are like, they going to do this? These last few calls was like, Okay, Ziggler, Ziggler, Ziggler. Yeah, if you want to have your first match, yeah, being with Ziggler been great, but it's like... Well, no, they brought him up and teamed him with Ziggler. Yeah, they did team him with Ziggler. And then, I mean, all that stuff, like, everybody they bring up, they... Do something do with Do something with Ziggler. Mm-hmm. Ziggler's like the gatekeeper, but if he's so good and he's going to be your gatekeeper, fucking push him. Yes. You know... Oh, God. Could you imagine... Ziggler Nakamura tearing it up at fucking WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Oh, my, yes. Mm-hmm. Even if it's an Intercontinental U.S. title, that's going to be a damn good match. Or, that, put that as your opener. S- not, no, they would kill the whole damn card. <laughs> I tell you, Ziggler and Cesaro would have been a great feud. Yeah. That could have been a heavyweight title feud. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I got excited because I saw this momentum that Cesaro was getting before the run. I was like, no, they're not going to do yeah, that. I really enjoyed Cesaro and Sheamus as the bar. Oh, that, yes. That's best of seven, seven yeah. series. Was incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Just beating the hell out of each other, and, and then, then they're like, fa- okay. Yeah, I respect you. That'd be a team, you know? I was about to say, it wasn't even that they became friends. It's just like, Respected. we beat the hell out of each other enough. We're just going to join forces. And beat the hell out of everybody else. It's right. a great story. No, she needs some water, Bubba. Go get you something to drink. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we gotta, had to gotta, get the gotta, werewolves. Yeah, we got to tend the werewolves. I need some blood. But yeah, I mean, some of the stuff they could do with the people they have on their roster that they're not. I mean, it's just, as much as I love wrestling, I hate it just as much. Right. I mean, granted, AEW is doing stuff that WWE won't do. Yeah, some of the divisions is lacking, but you can't say that they're not doing more than WWE. And then the the argument now is, oh, they're just bringing in guys from WWE like Moxley, Hager, Jericho. Well, let's go look at WWE. Who's half the roster consists of mm-hmm. ROH talent? I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere. So using that 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 insult is it shouldn't but happen no more. That's they're trying to do that, saying that AEW is just the new WCW. They're using the guys that WWE don't want, and they can't blah blah blah, and they're not as good, so they couldn't hack it and all that. Bullshit that they tried to say WCW was, which granted a lot of that was true, right? But and you could even throw that argument in when Bischoff went to TNA, as we was talking about Impact, right? You know, when Bischoff went to TNA and he brought in Hogan and Hogan, Nash, Main Event Mafia, right. all that stuff that they uh, did. Yeah, as much as I love Booker T, you know, we brought in Booker, Captain Charisma, and you know, I. But bringing in Christian, I like. Yeah, yeah. Christian. but I'm just saying, bringing in that 
regime right. from your opponent. Now, in 2006, when Angle left and went over there to TNA, that could have been a major game changer, and it was really It was well. for Kurt Angle. It was for Angle. It was for a little bit for Impact, TNA, mm-hmm. whatever the hell they were at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that rivalry he had with Joe, man, that was one of my favorite matches he's had in TNA with him and Joe. And I mean, just all that stuff, like I said, just missed opportunities. AEW, they've got a lot of talent. They're using that talent, and they're branching out to try to help other people. Impact, I mean, it took a lot to try to help them out, and that's what I think AEW is doing. I don't think Tony Khan is going to buy it outright, but I think he's going to go, and they're going to bring the people in. I mean, hell, just putting Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks on the show is pulling, you know. Right. thing I like, though, about AEW is, like, that show Dark that Mm -hmm. they do on YouTube. Yeah, they have two million matches every week on that show. Well, 18 usually. But, you know, why they do that? Tony Khan says, look, it's our way of training these guys. Uh-huh. And he said, I want if you're in my back room, if you're in my locker room, I want to get you work. I want to get you paid. I'm going to pay you. So all these independent workers that can't wrestle anywhere right now because of this situation that the world's in, he's giving them work. Right. I respect that. You know, so kudos well, to AW for that. That and the stuff that uh, they were doing when Cody was the TNT champion. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the open challenge thing where you never knew who was going to show up, mm-hmm. and you know it was getting he was getting a lot of indie guys and bringing right. them up, like and bringing in Ricky Starks. Oh my god, bringing in Ricky Starks, bringing in I mean hell, uh, they were even uh, Warhorse. How everybody yeah. was yelling, bring in Eddie Warhorse. Kingston. That was a damn game changer yeah. right there because I don't know, I don't know who was overlooking him, why nobody was signing him. No kidding. But good lord, just the promos he can cut. And you know, Ben and I watched video of the speech he gave at the Brody Lee tribute show mm-hmm. after the show was over. The pep talk he gave the boys in the back, man, just the heart he has. It, it was. Oh yeah. Showed a different side of him. It was great. Okay, well, we've kind of rambled on long enough and never <laughs> answered the question that we tried. Uh, yeah. So, a four-on-four, four, any four to have that weird stipulation match that we saw. So, I'm going... Do you want to go with a actual faction and put it together? Do you I, want... I'm put, My personal, I would like to see Blood and Guts, War Games, whatever you want to call it, or those stipulations that you gave... Uh... Omega, Bucks, Good Brothers. I know that's five, but against top five, New Japan Bullet Club. Which top five are you going to go? Because who all is left in Bullet Club out there? I know Jay White was, but is he still in or did he actually leave? I think he's still in it based off some of these shots going back and forth. Yeah. So, Jay White, Kenta, Gorillas of Destiny, and... Tonga. Bad Luck Folly? Yeah. That's a good five. Yeah. Uh, that's a real good one. I mean, hell, I'd like to see that. I mean, it's just... I mean, that's hot right now, so that yeah. would be something really good that I could draw money right now. Uh, man, I would... 
I tell you, I would like to go with like people that WWE dropped the ball with. Mm-hmm. Half the roster? Yeah, half the roster. But I mean, guys like put Cesaro, Nakamura, Sami Zayn, Bobby Roode. I know he's a tag team champion, but he has. He's got the upside for so much more. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler on one side. Like you said, it's five, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the other side and put Chad Gable, Ricochet. Oh, Gable is amazing. Man. Gable, Ricochet, Aleister Black. Uh, Apollo Crews. Keith yeah. Lee and Apollo Crews, yeah. I mean, just guys WWE's completely dropped the ball with. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, you could fill any roster... With guys like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the guys they've released here recently with Ryder, uh, Hawkins, Ryder, fucking Rusev, mm-hmm. uh, Aiden English. I haven't seen him do anything. I haven't seen him mm-hmm. talk of anyone yet. I mean, just that whole Rusev Day thing they were doing was supposed to be something that they couldn't get over. They are just like, nah, this is stupid. Go ahead. And it was the most popular thing. Right. It was like the whole thing... What was it when uh, Punk was first coming up and they were chanting CM Punk when The Rock was in the ring? You know? I mean, it's kind of the same shit. It didn't matter who was out there. They were chanting Rusev Day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then but instead, of, getting something but instead of pushing it, exactly. That's, it's like well, one rider. enjoy being able to pop in their noise on their shows right now oh, is yeah. because they can push who they want to push. They can hate who they want to hate. And they control it. Yeah, the fans know? can't. Uh, hide, twist their hands anymore, or at least right now. All right, well, uh, let's in on a positivity pull. Ending on, like we always do, I know you've listened to the podcast before. Uh, Drew started this, we're gonna keep it going. Uh, here pretty soon, we're actually gonna have Rebecca keep coming up. She's gonna start doing life lessons with Rebecca Game. Uh, we don't have one of those right now this week. She wasn't able to make it up here today, but when she does, that's going to end the shows. But like we always end the show, uh, Drew started this. He said, uh, we need to be thankful for everything we've got in our mm-hmm. life. So uh, we're going to end on the, he called it ending on the pop, the pull out positivity. So uh, what's your... What's something real positive that you can say that's going on? You know, I mean, don't be afraid to help somebody else along the way. Don't be afraid to teach somebody. Um, If you got something that can help somebody, help them. If you can teach them that would pass that knowledge along to somebody else to elevate them to the next level, Give them that advice. Give them that hand. You know, don't be so selfish. You know, just be a good neighbor. Love your neighbor, you know, and uh, that's the biggest thing. It's just we're only here for a short period of time. We should be able to enjoy each other and love each other and have a good time. It shouldn't be so much, uh, this, this is all about me type mentality it's uh you know if i never do anything for 
anybody, uh, I'm just a phone call away. I'd be more than glad to do anything that I can to help you. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I mean, more people should have that kind of a point of view. Like you said, the me, me, me stuff. It gets old. It's boring. It's, you know, it's total bullshit. You can't just be all about yourself like that. All right, Josh, what you got, man? Man, you know, you know, I've always said on the podcast before, but, you know, especially when this pandemic's been going on, what we've had a lot lately is, you know, getting close to our families. You know, you only got one family. You know, mm-hmm. and in the past couple of years, you know, we've lost a lot of people, you know. And, you know, if we can just, you know, if you've got problems with your families, if it's something y'all can work past, work through it. If you and your mom are having differences, give her a call. Work things out. Hey, Mom, I love you. Hey, Dad, I love you. Grandma, Grandpa, Aunt, Uncle, what have you. You only get one family in this lifetime. You really do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, love each other. Just like John said, got to love each other. Because we don't know what the end game is for this pandemic. So, I mean, cherish what you got while you have it. Jason? I, I'm going to kind of go with what you were saying. You were saying you've only got one family and it's always good when that family is able to get bigger. Uh, whether it's a brother that you've lost contact with, like I got John back here, you know, within the past year or so. Uh, it's also adding my daughter to the mix. Uh, this is the first podcast we've done since it happened, but October 21st of last year, uh, how we've been talking about, we're working on adoption where I'm going to try to do the adoption. Well, the adoption was finalized. So as of October 21st, uh, 2020, uh, Emily is officially my daughter now. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's definitely a positive. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I know you've been sitting over there in the corner kind of listening in and laughing and talking every now and then. you have anything you want to add in this? You want to put your pop in? I'm positive that I miss Drew Gang. Yeah, <laughs> that's... I miss him so bad. He's come, a lot, come, come up a lot here lately. And it kind of goes with what John was saying because that's who Drew was. We still catch ourselves wanting to call him. Our daughter Emily's cat went missing a few weeks ago and, well, kind of find out the little asshole wasn't missing. He was asleep under one of the beds for about six hours. <laughs> we were searching the whole neighborhood and the first instinct was to call Our Drew. Our first instinct was call Drew. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, maybe John can be our Drew now. He did give us rights to call him. So. Right. <laughs> but you don't live in our neighborhood. Like, that's, that's no, not fair. No, I'm in a different gated community. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my gated community is on the other side of the world, it seems like. But but I'm still a phone call away. I mean, I, I really, I mean. Take your pills, Bruce. I know. Uh, that's I, that's copyrighted for that other uh, show. We shit, can't. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm one of those that, you know, if you're in need, I, I'll drop what I'm doing, if I'm able to drop what I'm doing and be there for you. I mean, even if it's just the talk, I've got big shoulders, you know, that will just listen. And uh, that's one thing I've always been told, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Right. And 
just I'm Let's I'm here. Talk less. Yep. Okay, this pandemic has affected us in a lot of ways. It also can give us more opportunities to help those that need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I know in the past I've taken advantage of those two ears and one mouth you got. <laughs> well, I did say we were a gay tag team, so I mean, shit. And it wasn't in the ring. <laughs> but no, you always have been there anytime I've needed to call you and been like, hey man, you got a second? I need to get some shit off my chest. You've always been there, so I appreciate that, man. Like I said before, thank you for coming and hanging out. Yeah, man, we appreciate it. Not a problem, anytime. We're going to start, hopefully, again, every Tuesday recording, putting it out Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, something like that. Uh, If we're doing anything, you're more than welcome to come and hang out, throw your two cents in anywhere. Uh, hopefully here at the next one, we'll finally be able to do that tag team episode we talked about trying to do, uh, because as much as I do enjoy wrestling, tag team wrestling is probably my favorite. Oh, yes. Uh, hell, just you talking about that tag division we had at UEW, that got me just like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Such a different mentality. It was going to be with Jerry, right? Yeah. yeah, Jerry was going to come. Shout out to Jerry's podcast, Chronic Conversations. Oh, yeah, the yes. Chronic Conversations. Absolutely. It's, it's not about wrestling, but it's still... It's very entertaining. <laughs> 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 I don't think so. That was just us laughing. And if yeah. we're going to give shout outs to everybody, uh, another great tag team, Movement Radio. So. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Chip and Talon. Absolutely. Chip and absolutely. Talon. They do everything you can think of. Anything that's on your mind, they can probably put a real episode about it. So check out Movement Radio. Please. Oh, they do. I'm subscribed to them, and I'll go in. Even if I'm not able to listen to the whole podcast, I'll hit the play button so they get the clicks on it. Uh, I know they got that the series where they're going all through the United States talking about the different haunted places and all yes, of them. Yes, that's really cool. And if you like right. your football team. They got that. They got the football. Right. Uh, they've talked about 80s. Well, football's over. Yeah, it's, it's over. Months. It's over for now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless the XFL comes back. Come on, come on, Dwayne. Come on. Uh, okay, XFL. <laughs> I think the XFL could have done something at the pandemic not hit. I, I, I was, it was, it was, it was entertaining. It was good. Hey, guess who was going to win the XFL championship? Houston. That's why they shut down. Houston can't be a champion. Without they, cheating. They cheat too much. <laughs> <laughs> that means the podcast is almost over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, John. Eight minutes going by. Eight minutes going by. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, thank you for coming again. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for not forgetting about us. If you do listen to this, we appreciate it. If you don't, Fuck you, you're not going to hear that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But for the Turn the Buckle podcast, uh, for Ben Thrasher, uh, Will tied up in the dungeon somewhere still, uh, the missus over there sitting in the corner. Who doesn't like lettuce? Who doesn't like lettuce? I don't like lettuce. Drew, who we'll see again one day. Yeah, Drew Game, who's still here. Uh, he's still pulling pranks. That's yeah, the really thing. He is. Absolutely. He hid 
Okay, you know Drew worked as a cook. Mm-hmm. You know he wore that, like, chef's, not the hat, but the little do-rag looking thing? Rebecca started wearing that. She brings it over here. It was hanging on that chair for, what, a good two months? Yeah. Rebecca comes over, sees it, and always forgets to get it. Mm-hmm. She comes back. She's like, hey, I'm going to get my do-rag. And it wasn't there. We've not been able to find that damn thing since. Nope. Yep. He's got to hit somewhere. He's hid that thing somewhere in this house, and we don't know where. So for Ben Thrasher, Will Clark, Drew Game looking down on us and still moving and hiding shit from us. I'm Jason Hampton. Josh Cops. And our guest this week was Whatever you want to call me. Love you guys. Take it easy, guys. Love you, buddy. Thank you guys for listening. Peace out, fuckers. (laughs)